Dan, you like a biopic. Love it. And this is one. Yeah, well, you know me, I'm attracted to these kind of stories, whether it be sports or music. Mm. This one's music, and it's the story of Terry Hooley, Mm. who ends up starting a record label called... It's a record label, isn't it? It's a record shop first, then it's a record label called Good Vibrations in the 70s in in Ireland. Which is also the name of the movie. Northern Ireland. Yeah. Also, yeah. and the so it's not to be confused with the Beach Boys, which no, also um, a band, also a band yeah, so some strong music there. I was aware of quite a few of these bands, but not really about him or his influence behind the scenes. So this was a new story, really. Um, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So it starts out. I think the first scene is when he's a little boy. Just there's a there's yeah. a kid who's just laid back in the garden. It's a lovely sunny day. And he's listening to like a portable record player and some vinyl on it. And he's just kind of minding his own business. Yeah, it's like some old school country. Yeah. And uh, dude appears. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like this white cowboy appears yeah. next to him. And, and then some other kids. And there's a narration going on about how he always loved music. And, you know, th- this was his happy place. And he was always a little bit different. And one of the things that made him a little bit different was his eye. And he got this from a these kids on this day where it opens, starts coming out. They're about 10, 11 or something. Yeah, I didn't know start. whether they were, this was the sort of introduction to like sectarianism. I think it was, Cause yeah. Because he was just from the... Well, his dad was, he, was a socialist or he was... They're calling him a communist aren't they so yeah. I'm not a communist I'm a socialist that's right <laughs> yeah. and he goes it's, it's different and he starts explaining how and everything and these other little kind of tearaways just shouting abuse and one of them's got like a homemade bow and arrow yeah. and you the the kind of camera follows this sharp stick arrow going straight mm. into Terry young Terry's eye and uh, and then there's a little montage of him going in and out of doctors and and having a a glass eye and and then it kind of fast forward yeah into, we're right into the thick of the troubles which always seemed to me to be a, a, a word that really underplayed yeah <laughs> and and he says uh, that in in the yeah. in the narration of everything he's just setting the scene of what a crazy time it really was mm. it was dangerous out on the streets any kinds of music and nightlife and things was was really dangerous to be out on he's the even streets makes the point because so. some of his mates you know they're catholic or protestant and he's not he's the other and, and so he's now it's like i look at them they look at me they're ready to fucking go at me you know these are my friends Th- that's but, it but people now, from school yeah, and, and everything now yeah everything's changed but he's certainly cut from a different cloth because he's just not into all that he's really just all about his record collection and listening to tunes and i suppose his next he does a little bit of djing doesn't he so it opens up in this this pub and he's djing and then the next the next thing is like the bar manager comes over and throws down 10 quid and he goes there finish now and he goes why he goes and it pans out to the, the rest of the, the room. And he goes, there's no one here. Like, you know, there's yeah, literally like, no- what about her? And there's this one lady just dancing away on her own. And, and she's looking mighty fine. And it, yeah, and it just kind of goes into that kind of dream. Mm. You know, music's just for her yeah. and everything. And he ends up talking to her because there's no one else to yeah. and wooing her. And it, it begins their relationship. And, and And soon after, you see a little kind of photo of them getting married and things. And it's Doctor Who, isn't it? Jodie Whittaker. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, she's looking great. And yeah, he says, which I found quite amusing. He says, when you get with someone, you know, they've got to be friends with your friends and you've got to make friends with their friends. He goes, but my friends are all dickheads. So they've basically gone. And uh, he's just becomes pally with, they even ha- share a house, don't they? His, his wife's friend and her husband. And her husband is the kind of really straight laced, 
very proper and he becomes the accountant kind of books guy but also does the marketing and things Any, anything that requires a little bit of structure and, yeah. and process yeah. he's gonna have to take over whereas as terry is very much the ideas man and uh, well it, yeah as the film goes on it becomes very clear that he's all about the music but not a lot else you no know, he's not thinking about long-term plans or you know he, he's thinking about not just the music but it's about the the community the yeah, vibe he, the yeah. feeling that's where he puts all his but energy he's not into. he's not you know thinking about pounds and pence and balancing oh, the books no. and all that sort of stuff no, he's no. just like i like that band great oh let's make something happen for them so so his mate maybe alarm bells were, were ringing in real life but in in this you don't see that and they end up going into partnership opening up a, a record store and they choose the 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 Great Victoria, Great Victoria Street, which is the most bombed out place. The, the most bombed out, the, sorry, the most bombed half mile stretch in Europe at that time. And so, like, um, and the bank manager's like, and you want to open a, you want we us, can't believe it, the bank manager. You want yeah. us to back you to, <laughs> what the fuck? That open something. The, his wife, Ruth, has got a job as a truant officer. And she puts down some money on the table and he just takes 40 quid <laughs> to the bank manager to put down as like some, you know, some collateral that's, or that's something. The and, he, and his bank was like, anything more substantial? <laughs> what, like a house? And then it cuts to them opening up mm. a, uh, opening up the, this record store. And there's this one other guy. There's like the whole party and the friends and everything. Yeah. They've all put in the, yeah. in the work to get there and celebrate. And one guy goes, you open? And he goes, well, yeah, and you see him, he's Pugwash, I think his name is, and you see him throughout the rest of the film. He just becomes like the the guy in the store. Yeah. Got his own mug, start flipping through all the records and everything. It's lovely, that, isn't it? When you go to a record store yeah. and you're just flicking through the records, just getting all the time in the world, just... Oh, yeah, spending lovely. too much money. But that's not necessarily what's going on in this store because the business is pretty slow. Every time it cuts to the shop, it's just him leaning on the counter, smoking a cigarette yeah. with maybe washed. one or two guys flicking through, but not yeah. a lot of 50p transactions. 50p for this one, <laughs> yeah. a pound for that one. But some young lad comes up to the till and he asks for something by the Buzzcocks and something else. And he, he's dressed in like a school blazer. He's got that. A safety pins through it and yeah, sort he's of sort of really sweary. Look. And Terry's looking at him like, what the fuck? Because Terry at this point, is he's a reggae man. He's really into reggae. He thinks it's going to really help the community. If, people, if everyone listened to reggae, it would be sound. And he mentions other stuff he likes is folk and country, but certainly not into the punk world at all at this point. It's just not on his radar. But he starts getting a bit of exposure through some of the people that come to the shop. And some youngsters come in, ask for this poster to be done, which his partner does puts a few up in the shop and they go down to the venue. Well, they, yeah, this youngster's trying to promote his his music night. So they put that down, go yeah. down to this venue and his mate's absolutely shit scared, isn't he? As they're going... It's the arse end of town. It's, it? the, it's the worst. It's Skid mm. Row. He's going down into town. It's at night. They wouldn't mm. go down there in the day and he's thinking, who the fuck is going to be out in their right man? When they open the doors, it's pumping. It's the jumping places. in there, yeah. Just there's a, there's a live band on the stage and there's tons of people just milling around dancing. There's a big long stretch of bar and he settles in there and just he's getting into the music. The police roll in mm. and he gets in a bit of a. They actually walk past him and they they start on a young girl next to him and says ID and all the rest of it and he goes, Oi, you know what are you doing here? There's there's fighting going on. There's bombs. 
why are you, yeah. why are you messing yeah, with these kids. people? Yeah, he wants some idea of some kids and with all that going on. And it looks like he, he's going to get picked on by the police and he's bitten off more than he can chew. Mm. And then the, the leader of the band kind of goes, we hate the police. Yeah. We hate the police. We hate the police. And everybody <laughs> starts singing it and chanting it. And the police feel intimidated enough to, to walk out. They yeah, have a they great night. Scuttle off of the tail between their legs. And a band comes on called Rudy, which... He is. It changes his life. He just says that is when he just knew he wasn't going to do the same thing. He had to kind of yeah you do see something him, with his music. You see him. It, the music just takes over, and he sort of starts bouncing up and down a bit and then he's just completely all in he's absolutely loving it and the tune was fucking banging actually and at the end of the gig he hangs around and he meets the band and he says well you, you know you've got to get that fucking recorded you've got to get that record out and they're like listen no one does that around here you know we just play live and we're happy with that you know that's enough for us and he's like bullshit no fucking way we've got to get that recorded i'll do it I'll he's had a few it. he just <laughs> commits and his mate's like well i don't know if you should be doing that when you're drunk you know he's committing to doing that he's like oh fuck it you know we'll, we'll just, get it we'll get it we'll done it's just he's and, just a doer yeah and he hasn't got anything that's why his mates mm. are making a perfectly valid reason for yeah. why you're saying you're going to do that because he's no pressing plant he's no label he's no well he's not, not got anything but he manages to cobble it all together and they they come out with a record and that then it tracks a couple more bands along yeah. the way and it, the outcasts is one there's this mm. like kind of a a blonde denim punk rock look and he really tries to support them and he's you can see this might have gone on for a few months or something a few weeks and a, another band then comes in and it's fergal sharky in the undertones yeah yeah, they are. He says no. He's, he's a bit like, well, I don't think it's been a huge success, even though he loves it. And he's well, a bit he says, reluctant. Do you listen to my tape? Do you listen to, you know, do yeah, you listen I think to it? He, he might yeah, just yeah. have too much going on. And, and, yeah. he, and, and he's like, well, I'll get around to it. And they chase him down the street, basically. Fogel Shark says, look, we're going to break up if, if this doesn't happen. And uh, he's like, yeah. oh, and that's what I really liked about this scene because. Yeah. Terry's got heart and it comes through in his character and he's a flawed character. There's no question, mm. but he's, he's got heart for, for things that, that matter like music, like music matters to him. And when he hears of this band that he doesn't really know is going to split up if they don't get a recording deal soon, he goes, right, okay, let's get him in. And he I think goes, it's blindly. He just arranges yeah. for them because he's obviously not heard the song. According. Yeah. I don't know in real life where he had, but he hadn't, he, he, they were unsure whether he'd heard it and he said yeah yeah of course I have it's okay like yeah. you know but so when they, he takes it into the recording studio yeah they're behind the glass recording a number and it sounds that and that wasn't Teenage Kicks and it's, that one sounded fucking great I don't know what song that was I need to find that out but he says you know the, it doesn't really get a great vibe from the engineer in the studio he's just, and he says oh I'm sorry if you know he's, if it's shy or it's way too shy. and he says no no this one's you know you need to hear this and he gives him the earphones headphones and he's like, this is the fucking best thing I've ever fucking recorded. And, and we don't get to hear it And he's yet. a really old hippie um, yeah. kind of guy, the engineer. They've yeah. had a, a, a few scenes where he's been talking to him about getting a band, getting in for a bit more time. I'll do you a favour. What are you he's in He's just always for? pointing at his watch, like, come on. Yeah, because first of all, he was recording, like, commercials for cereals or That's something. Right. And he yeah, goes, yeah. is that what you got into this business for? And he, <laughs> yeah. he, he pulls on the heartstrings. So when he's brought this guy Teenage Kicks... And, and he says it's the best thing that he's ever heard. But we still don't get to hear it. We just see his reaction as he's listening to it. 
and we see the band looking at him through the glass with this he's got this daft grin on his face as he's just like blown away by the song and he's just got his hands on the glass just going oh. <laughs> like near orgasmic reaction to it he's just like it's amazing yeah they're like why are you looking at it like that <laughs> and then it cuts to him being at home with with his wife ruth and they're listening to the john peel show and it's it's kind of a couple of days later i guess and he's he's just managed to to get the the record after a trip over to London, going to lots of different um Yeah, there's a scene that veers into near train spotting territory with a you know a Spud's job interview. Yeah. And that he has a similar sort of experience with some class A's before going on the doing his sales pitch for this record. That's right. Which why doesn't he- work out too well. He smashes the, re- the the guy's office up. But he does end up leaving the record with someone who at the BBC who says they will be able to get it to John Peel. And that's as good as he can basically do. So and he comes home. That's right. And he's, he's just yeah. on a hope and a prayer. And yeah. he, he goes, he's been listening to the show and he goes, oh, I'm going upstairs for a, sh- a shower. He's just, the, the, he's, he's too anxious. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's too nervous. Yeah. He can't wait and be disappointed again. Mm. So he goes up for a shower. But Ruth's down there listening to it and she shouts up to him and says, it's on, it's on. And he just gets down for the last bar. Yeah. And then you have that kind of, you know, it's 1978, 12th September and John Peel's just played Teenage Kicked on the Radio 1 show. And then he said, I'll tell you what, you know, I've not done this for ages, but I think we ought to hear that again. And he rolls out again. Yeah, and and it's John Peel's the- voice is great because you don't get that real enthusiasm. He's very like, you know, yeah, it, very, yeah. very one note John Peel. When he's, even. Even and, it's his um, favourite fucking record of all time. And it was the first time <laughs> in the BBC's history that record had been played twice in a row. Mm. So it was... And a, there's a a just basically a street party of everyone just turns up and they're all got their wireless and they're all jumping around in the street. It. It's great. And he, he, he does this sort of Christ pose as there's a helicopter above. They think right, they probably yeah. think there's going to be some trouble, but it's just people having a good time and he's just staring up at the into the light just like and it's just you know the culmination of all his everything yeah. he's been working on and his his missus actually shouts out there's someone from sire records on the phone and they, they want to speak to you and he's like if they want to speak to me because he's had to he's had to do all the traveling to go all yeah, around he's yeah. been in london he's hated it it's like if they want to speak to us they can fucking come to belfast yeah <laughs> it's just and, great. And, and so it cuts to that scene where he makes the world's worst deal to <laughs> sell sell his late his signed label band he sells it for 500 sells the undertones for 500 quid and a signed copy of the shangri-las yeah um, which he never gets and as you say, his business acumen is terrible pretty much the whole way through this. It's yeah. not why he is, why they've done a film on him. <laughs> but yeah. You know, it, the, the reason is because he has this sense of bringing the community together as well. So he's got all the, the outcasts. He's got people that mm. haven't really fitted in. He's got young people who already just, they're not bad, but they're just, there's so much shit going on. They don't know where to go or what to do. And they've got this friends and, and community. They're into the same music, into the same thing. Yeah, he does get at the receiving end of a beating earlier on in the Pretty film. Severe. He, he yeah. protected a couple of kids by they were being chased and he lets them in the shop and tells the two skinheads that were chasing them basically to fuck off and they threaten him and say, we could have you fucking killed. And he's like, well, I know the people you'd ask and they'd tell you to go to bed without any dinner. But you, you kind of get the feeling that mm, that might come back to haunt you. And yeah. they, these two do turn up in his shop and they give him a right good kick in. Well, they, well, they do have a, a scene earlier in the film where he's gone into the bar where all these kind of different characters w- would meet and he's mm. trying to even it out and say look i'm opening up a record shop i don't want any hassle yeah. i don't want you coming in asking me for 
protection money every two weeks either. Mm. Like, you know, this is <laughs> what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was nothing <laughs> there to give. But fast forward all this time after the undertones have, have been signed and the, the deal's been done and a few other bands and he's got the still got the record uh label and he's still got the record company um, yeah he's got a problem though he's got a problem because he is enjoying the rock and roll lifestyle like he's fucking axel rose he is drinking way too much and he is basically all in on a kind of rock and roll lifestyle but ruth his wife tells him that she is with child and that don't that those don't two like things don't roll. mix really yeah. so they are going to have to make some significant lifestyle changes specifically he will and she's pretty like she's forthright from, yeah. this, from the get go like, she knows you, what she wants you can't you know? be you, but he's been absent he's been fucking absent yeah. for a long while and she says I'm not afraid to do this on my own so you need to fucking make sure you're around well, he's, um, he's in nothing that, does really change he, he's in that scene and I think because he's such a leader of the scene and he's such a uh, an important part of it he he almost feels more indebted to to the friends than he does to his own family she can't get her head around that when she's just had the kid he's not even there he's been partying out. No, she's had to phone around while she's in labor she phones the pub where they met and the guy's like no oh, um, just left he's been here but he's not here now and in the end it's, it's one of the guys from the outcast i think who drives her to yeah. the hospital and terry's not around till she's recovering after the birth and so she says all right you can fuck off basically and well, even then he, he's he's kind of he goes in there and he she said, how long have you been there? And he goes, about 10 minutes. And he's just been looking at her yeah. sleep. And he says something, oh, you know, you've got to sleep when the baby sleeps. That's that's, that's the way it is. Said, yeah. And uh, she's like, well, what are you going to do? And the the band comes in, all his mates. They go, hey, Cherry, you know, yeah. little babies there. Hey, yeah. Cherry, well yeah. done. Get. And she's like, what's going on? And the nurse is saying, look, these people can't be here. Hmm. They burst in again, do it again. And she says, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, oh, I better go. And rather than tell them to go and I'm going to chill here, yeah. he, he just says, see you later to her. So she knows that she's going to have to do that alone. Yeah, um, it's a shame. And he's got then the problems with the record store. It's losing money. Yes, that, that his, his marriage has fallen apart. And also, it's actually before the birth, we've had he's had the bombshell that, you know, financially they're completely screwed. And he's got the house down as collateral on the shop. So that's potentially going to be lost. And he hadn't been forthcoming with that information to Ruth. More, more pressure on the marriage. So, yeah. yeah, it wasn't going great. And so it, it culminates with, he's going to lose the shop, he's going to lose everything, but his mate's like, well, why don't we do, if we could come up with some kind of fundraising idea and we could put a show on and we could get the bands, you know, that you've done records for, could play. And he's like, yeah, but if you, you know, if you do that at the local venue, you'd have to charge £100 a ticket just to, and, to get, he's like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about, is it the Ulster? The Ulster so, Hall the, or the, something. Yeah, it's, yeah. Great, it's like several thousand capacity. Yeah. And they're like, that's crazy. And it's like a Field of Dreams moment. You know, it's like, you know, if we put on the show, people will come. Build it. And they're saying, right, yeah, okay, we can get the Stranglers in and we can get this, that, back. And he goes, no, no, just the bands yeah. that have been signed by Good Vibrations. Yeah. We'll get Rudy on, we'll get the Outcasts, mm. you know, and and they they get it on and they get it together and, and the night turns <laughs> up because it's just but them. Basically, the no one is ticketed, so there's no money actually coming The in. biggest guest list in the history of anywhere ever, he yeah. said. So even though thousands of people do turn up, there's probably, it's cost them <laughs> something to yeah, put it probably. on. 
And Ruth, Ruth does show up to, to kind of congratulate him, and but he still just disappears up the stairs and kind of leaves her behind. Yeah, they have another moment, don't they, yeah. where it's just like, is it that? They're all calling you. They're all calling you, yeah. Terry. And, and he's there. Just... He kind of pauses, doesn't he? He doesn't know. I think he feels, you know, he's he's grown that scene and he's been so instrumental. If he doesn't do it, it'll all fall he's apart. He's more of a father. To, yeah, he feels yeah. like that, I think. Mm. He's more of a father to the scene. Rightly or wrongly, that. that's what he thinks. So they, they do have this great night and he gets up and he sings a song and then the film kind of ends with him mid, you know, shout and everyone's absolutely jumping and you get a little bit of description of exactly what's happened to the store or good vibrations in general afterwards and it closed in such and such a year reopened like a year that later. was it yeah closed in 82 open in 83 <laughs> yeah. closed in 84 open again 86 and yeah. yeah it goes all the way through now he presents a two-hour radio program on his music in on saturdays from 10 till 2 mm. so I, I think that must be on some irish radio station that we probably get it online and uh but the good vibrations yeah i think it closed in 2015 for the for the last, last time, time. Right, okay. um, but yeah, Mark Kermode was a big fan of, of this film as well in 2013, saying it was his best film of, of 2013. Oh, yeah, right, okay. yeah, so yeah. what do you think of it? I really enjoyed it, yeah, I did really enjoy it. I, I've been over to that neck of the woods in the 80s and stuff with my mum because that's that's where my mum's from, and so some of the, you know, just, the scenery I just, I just, and the I, vibe, I can't, yeah. I, I remember back and it being a bit dicey and you know, having to like clear out of places maybe if there's a, you know, a warning yeah. and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's weird. But, I remember uh, when I was a kid actually, we used to in Manchester, it was like there was similar feelings because there was trouble everywhere, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and you, you get like all. Oh, you know, shopping centres closed, you yeah, can't yeah, go, yeah. you know, just that. Yeah. You're only kids, you don't really understand. No, I don't really appreciate the time quite how serious it was. But no, I really enjoyed it. The soundtrack is fucking great. There's some real, real good music. Some Even some David Bowie there, Riggs would have enjoyed that. He would have <laughs> loved that, out. wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Good Vibrations is, is still giving good vibrations. Yeah, go it's a hit. It out. It's a hit. <laughs> 